Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Together B2B Technology Marketing Podcast. This is part two of our conversation at LinkedIn. If you're right now thinking, I haven't listened to part one of the conversation at LinkedIn, that's the first thing you should do, okay? Because that is the whole point of having a part two, is that you must listen to part one first. Go back and do that now. If you have listened to part one, then I know right now you're physically shaking, ready to listen to part two. So I'm not going to drag this out any longer. I'll leave it over to Michaeli, to Claire and to Lizzie. We're still here at LinkedIn's office talking about driving success from content. So let's focus in on the importance of internal engagement with sales. But before we get to that, Lizzie, how can marketeers identify the value of content? It's very easy to have a list of metrics and and sort of things to to track and, and talk about. But if you are... I don't want to use the phrase uneducated, but if you are not confident in understanding what those metrics actually mean for a business and how to interpret that at different levels, then you're sort of going to be setting your campaign up for a little bit of a failure in that you're unable to explain why it's worthwhile. So what we're saying is that when, you know, right up front at the planning stage, uh, it's really, you know, having that collaborative approach in setting those KPIs and, you know, measurement framework in place and then, you know, working with the likes of, you know, for example, LinkedIn and other, you know, organizations. It it may not be that every campaign, well, it certainly won't be the same for every business, but I would say there's not necessarily a one size fits all approach to being able to measure a a content campaign, even within your own business. Mm -hmm. And I think you can start to get really creative around metrics as well. If you're looking to kind of prove the value of a piece of content, for example, does your um, recent research paper, how many conversations has that started or how many debates has that started with senior stakeholders at, on your client side? How many hours has it saved your sales teams calling or sending LinkedIn connections? How has that sort of um, increased the chances of a conversation? So there's lots of creative ways you can look at proving the value of content in my personal opinion I think it's always when you present a list of numbers it's always really easy to go well that's great there's 15 shares and a thousand likes but what does it mean you know it's yeah. it's actually about trying to find why it matters internally and, and how it makes a difference in your sales mm-hmm. your commercial team's lives because really they, the two do connect um, regardless of where they sit yeah. uh, at the funnel and going back to the event that I was at, and I, I know I keep quoting Forrester, but it's very sort of top of mind at the moment. The um, presentation was all about building um, empathetic B2B content. It was really, really interesting. And the analyst talked for 45 minutes with these awesome examples of how to great, you know, create great content and campaigns. And everyone's writing all their notes down, getting really excited. And then she sort of, again, shocked the crowd by saying, you could spend all this time, money, effort, resource, um, but it could get down to this one moment. And there was a picture on the slide of a salesperson just standing there for this person to completely disqualify everything you've been saying. If you don't give sales a seat at the table in your at least any stage of the planning for content, you are already putting yourself out there for a bit of a failure. And for me, the sales teams are the people that are on the front line talking to customers daily and therefore they're understanding or certainly having insight into the pain points and challenges and needs. If you can't get it directly from your customers, you can get it directly from your your soldiers, if you will, on the front line. So it's really important to just have those conversations. Yeah, and I think we find that 
the um, I mean, there's a lot of conversation around sales and marketing alignment, but what you're talking is more than alignment. Mm. It's actually mm-hmm. really engaging the sales team, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. working in partnership with them. So um, when you're launching a campaign, they have all not just the assets, but they have um, the real understanding behind the campaign, and they're the ones that take it to market. But also, you get feedback from them as well. Mm-hmm. So you built in their feedback as you're developing yeah. out the campaign. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on sales teams in this day and age to become thought leaders themselves, to position themselves as experts, and I suppose solution partners, if that's a new made-up title I've just come up with, <laughs> rather than somebody who's selling technology, because they're the person that are most likely going to be having these conversations and try being. it's very important for them to be able to answer those questions. So I always think of content campaigns in the way of that there's two approaches. You've got what you say on the outside, but there should be an equally well-thought-out distribution and marketing campaign for the inside for your commercial teams to be able to qualify what you're saying. And if you're not necessarily working on that together, then, like I said, the risk of it being being misaligned from the start's really, really prevalent. And I know when you're in a big organize, organization, it can feel quite daunting perhaps to go, like, who are the people I need to talk to in this? And that in itself can take a lot of time. So if you're in a large matrix organization, committing your time to actually just understand how the sales team works. I mean, the question that I always ask is, do you know who to talk to? It might sound really, really mm-hmm. ridiculous, but if you don't know the names of everyone on your sales team or certainly in the um, leadership team, then already you're, you, there's something you could do immediately to go and find out who they are and, and how you might engage with them. So it's not something that happens overnight. It's the same with building audiences externally. It's It takes time and it takes attention. I mean, I loved it when you you were mentioning there the, the Forrester um conference you went to and it takes one conversation I know it's trying to fear into the heart yeah really every marketer going (laughs) what are you doing at LinkedIn around that is that something you've started to look at internally here well yeah I mean given that I'm talking about it I would be shooting myself in the foot if I was to say oh we're not doing anything um we are making in the same way as many organizations steps towards aligning better so whether that is joint planning um one of the things that I've done with my team recently is I, I say I've struck a deal. It's not a deal at all. But with one of our commercial teams who regularly go out and talk and consult with clients, they run an event on a quarterly basis around um, industry trends. And we have uh, basically offered um, uh, content for that event, but with the idea of it's exclusive and in advance so that we can qualify in real life with the customers and our sales teams whether it's resonating or not so we're sort of giving not just the sales teams but the customers in the room a bit of a stake in what we're creating and we know there that it's a broader group of experts contributing to it it's not just a assumption that because we're marketers and sales people Mm -hmm. that we know what everybody's feeling or everybody needs to hear about So it's just for me, it's looking about the best ways to collaborate. It's looking at being open to hear from each other around what's the genuine customer problem. And a lot of the time, I find that the sales side of the business has some really creative ideas. And it's more the marketing side that say, oh, 
that's maybe not possible this time around because of the constraints of the technology or whatever we're working with. But they're and always the inspirational just, group. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's not just the creative ideas, it's the insight they have as well. Yeah, well, many of them so, are you know, experts. They are yeah. the, the front line with customers mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. on day. Yeah. So it actually is a source of insights and, and research to understand yeah. and, and get that barometer of where customers are at. Exactly. And I think there's a couple of ways that you can approach it because you can involve your sales teams on the internal planning side. So when you're at the beginning of the year or beginning of the quarter, spend time with them, uh, to your point, around qualifying what the challenges are. But then why not put some of them into the faces of your campaign? So if you're doing a video series with a a group of talking heads, you've got a group of people who are passionate and who want to showcase themselves as people in the know. And they already have that sort of affiliation with clients. Why not put them as the stars of the show, if, if you will, rather than finding maybe another external expert? It's it's all about sort of creating that internal dialogue that we do know what we're talking about and look I'll put my hands up as my team we're, we're working on it we, I couldn't say we wear the crown of being absolutely the best in sales and marketing alignment it's ongoing it's a journey um, right? it is a journey and I, I think that's that's the same for every business mm-hmm. no matter the size even if there's three of you in marketing and five of you in sales sometimes that can be a silo not for any reason other than you're working at speed to hit quarterly targets and that's where the perhaps communication can sometimes break down Kaylee, what about the role of media? I mean, because media is usually always focused external, isn't it? But there is a role here to help, especially for larger organisations. Yeah, absolutely. We're um, seeing and actually, you know, uh, platforms such as LinkedIn and technology media has been a great enabler because um, we are trying to educate, you know, marketing teams that we obviously um, engage with regularly to... um, uh, start engaging their sales colleagues very early on in the process of putting in place a media strategy and a media plan. Um, you know, the first stage is, you know, when we're looking at defining the audiences or the segmentation, um, you know, certain media platforms, LinkedIn being one, with all of the, you know, very precise and granular targeting capabilities. On one side is great. You can go after a very specific group of people with obviously relevant content, but you need to make sure that they're actually the right people that you need to hit at that particular stage of the journey. So that insight really needs to come from greater collaboration between, you know, marketing and sales. Uh, A lot of organizations are obviously using uh, sales tools. Also, you know, all of these tools are coming together. So often advertising marketing platforms are integrated with sales platforms. And that gives um, media planners obviously greater capability and insights to actually shape the campaigns in a much more uh, effective way. So for us, it's becoming, I wouldn't say it's, it's easy. Uh, if we look at the c- clients that uh, we work with you know there's there's there's, some of them are still on the journey some of them are a little bit more ahead and other Mm -hmm. other ones are starting now but i think there is a general consensus that you know media campaign is not just about you know putting an ad out there anymore um you know that level of insights that you really need to drive that strategy needs to be um you know uh, be there from from day one and the only way to be effective is to have that multiple stakeholders around the same table sales Mm -hmm. marketing Mm -hmm. pr Uh, finance sometimes Uh, and that's even more critical in again back to the earlier sort of discussion around how the buying journey has completely changed and there's multiple which is not linear at all not exactly and back again back into my agency life for a, a long time I was 
trying to create a, a measurable framework to present yeah. to our very big enterprise client around how their work was performing. And I could never quite do it. There was always a challenge. There was always a misunderstanding. And it transpired that for I, I got seconded to that that company for three months. And I went in for three months thinking I knew how it worked. And within a week, I just couldn't believe not only the size of it. I mean, I had a, obviously a fair idea, but the multiple stakeholders yeah. and teams that had to work together on something to me from the outside originally felt like, oh, this is this is simple. Why aren't why aren't they doing it? But when you get there and you see the process and the collaboration and the, the stakeholders and the legacy of how things have worked, particularly at very, very large organizations that are constantly trying to evolve, that that half the battle is actually understanding how it works so if you are an agency or a salesperson or even a marketing person trying to work with these big agent or big enterprises or big businesses if you again couldn't explain how the organizational structure was in your team you you're again setting yourself up for a bit of a fail i mean in a way we we're talking about transparency before within the media buying ecosystem i think the interconnection of all the tools that a company you know that companies are using these days for marketing and sales mm -hmm. you know that is adding a layer of transparency even in terms of like what everybody's mm -hmm. doing <laughs> inside that organization so yeah. if marketing on one side is driving traffic and leads and you know pipeline. and data and yeah. pipeline and then that data is not being kind of utilized followed up. <laughs> followed up in a certain way then that puts pressure on the sales team to actually you know, follow up on those leads, provide feedback. And then, you know, so technology is kind of also, I think from the bottom up, kind of pushing everybody. Yeah. You know, and we're seeing SLAs around that as and well, we are right? Seeing so SLAs, yeah. sales need to follow up on yeah. leads that have been generated. And we can see that from a media well, planning well, yeah, point the, of view when I mean, leads, I, you know, sit on the database for a long time. <laughs> I've got to defend the sales, the sales teams on the, the follow-up piece because I think as, again, as marketers, and I've done this previously where, you know, you put all this work into to generating your leads and you hand them over and, your work is done, but it just isn't. Mm -hmm. I, no, no, no. I think as a, yeah. as a marketer, it's as much your responsibility to help enable the sales team to follow up on leads. Because if you think about what an average salesperson now has to do in their day yeah. with all the technology and dashboards and reporting and calling still and mm -hmm. tweeting and LinkedIn and every possible type of selling you could possibly do, the actual time they've got in their day to either follow up or to actually sell is very, very limited. And I feel that there is definitely a responsibility on the marketer side to try and help, even if it is a case of qualifying those or selecting the the top 10 leads. If you follow up with anyone, it's this lot. They were in the room. Yeah, no, I think yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right, because it's not just a, a race. Um, um, you know, you rightly pointed out, you know, all of the pressures that, you know, sit on, on the sales team. And it's not just the sake of, you know, let's follow up these leads yeah. as quickly yeah. as possible because yeah. that's not going to necessarily be the, 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 right, the, the right approach. So that, that's why I think there is kind of shared pressure or mm -hmm. increased mm -hmm. shared pressure mm -hmm. to collaborate because technology is actually, you know, bringing data points closer and closer yeah, together. And, and so, you know, it's, it, it's kind of, you know, it's ex exposing every stakeholder mm -hmm. within the process yeah. to play a bigger part compared to the probably a few years exactly. ago. Exactly. And, and I suppose to the more kind of um, hard hitting figures piece, like we are able to demonstrate where the loss is made if sales and marketing isn't aligned on our, our client side. And that's obviously a really valuable thing that we can do. And it starts to bring Absolutely. people together on the on the other side. And 
a lot of the time you're meeting with two different teams continuously, but to get them all in a room together, you need a, a story. You need to be able to show why they should be there. And again, that's a big challenge for many an agency, many a, many a, a business and, to uh, be able to uh, do. The other angle, just to um, close on that question, Claire, is that um, I think sometimes the insight, especially on the segmentation, can actually have quite a significant impact on uh, how to prioritize budgets from a media investment point of view, because, you know, Again, often there is research, but often there's also a lot of assumptions in terms of what are the priority audiences that the marketing team might have. But obviously validating that again with the sales team to see, okay, you know, is our segmentation based on the right data points or actually we're prioritizing the right people, the wrong or right people here. Therefore, you know, budgets will then obviously need to be uh, shaped accordingly. So I think the role of um, alignment and sales team is, can be can have significant impact uh, on a media strategy. Yeah, cool. I've um, I've actually been scribbling down some some notes while we've been chatting around best practice for um, content marketing. So let let me let me go through these, and then we can maybe as a team decide what's been what, what's been missed. So we're talking about um, you need to really understand the problem. Um, consistency around what your key themes are as, mm-hmm. as, 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 a, um, as a content producer. Um, we've talked around if you're going to do thought leadership, which I think we all agree you should be, you've just got to really think what it's about. Is it hitting those problems? And is it around some of your key themes and key values? Because if it's not, it could do more harm than good. Um, you need to make it personal. And, and Lizzie, you were talking about that. It's that personal stories. It's bringing sort of that human element into it and, and the empathy needs to be there. You need to have time to develop content as well. Michaela, you were talking about, you know, from a media point of view, you need to think around why is the content ready? Does, is primary research needed? You know, and, and is a yeah, how much time is needed for that? We also talked about... Um, then something, Lizzie, that you mentioned, it's actually making sure that your content can hit different levels. So is it the implementers, the people, you know, and what type of content do they need? Or are you looking at more the decision makers and that they all have different needs? So that's sort of, we, so we've come up sort of uh, informally with six best practices. Great, it's a great summary. Um, <laughs> a, white, a new white paper, fresh yeah. out of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else that's sprung to mind you think, actually, we, I'd also add these things to that list? I think it all just boils down to really understanding what, what your audience need. And it is becoming increasingly difficult to stand out. It really is because a lot of people are talking and there's a lot of noise. But I think if you can marry up relevance and sort of solving problems with a really effective distribution strategy that you're committed to, and that you're willing to look at an audience as uh, more than just a target person or persona, you're able to start mapping different formats, different ideas, you know, different ways to to facilitate a conversation. I'm a big believer in that content marketing sort of is the, should be a facilitator to helping people have better conversations internally and helping people make better decisions. I certainly think there's an element of being able to practice what you preach. You know, I've I've worked in several large tech organisations and every time I meet with clients, I can wax lyrical about all the great things they should be doing, but the number one question I always get is, but how are you doing it? They, they, people want to know how you are, are putting into practice your own 
wisdom and I think that is again just as important if you if you're going to put something out there do a sense check are you really doing that yourselves and is it working and if it isn't are you confident enough to say holding my hands up like we're we're giving this a go but we're on a learning journey as well this is what we know are the foundational principles and here's what we've learned along the way there is that value in and trust in being able to say we're we're human too I know that sounds cheesy I, I really don't like calling it human or person-to-person marketing but it it's so true that if you can be seen in that light you are far more credible than a white paper with 10 principles on how to be great content marketers 